What's up, producers? I'm Sam Matler, and you're listening to the EDM Podcast, a show where I interview successful producers and key people in the industry. Today's episode is with David Lawson, an 18-year-old producer who goes under the alias World, that is World without the letter O uh, and all in capitals. He's had releases on massive labels like Monster Cat and Nest HQ and continues to put out amazing tracks. Uh, David gives short and simple answers. He's straight to the point, as you'll find out. There are two core themes in this interview. Uh, Number one is listen to more music and analyze it. And number two is spend more time producing. And uh, these seem simple on the surface level, but we often focus on other stuff that doesn't really help us make great music and become better artists. So these are the two things that are going to move you uh, towards your goals and move the needle, as it were. So hope you enjoy the interview and without further ado here is world this episode is brought to you by edm foundations edm foundations is my course for new producers those who've been producing for under 12 months or even those who've just started The whole idea of the EDM Foundations course is that you learn the fundamentals of music production by actually doing and not just learning the theoretical stuff. The course consists of over 12 hours worth of streamable video where I walk you through the creation of three songs and give you advice and tips for working on your own original alongside them. We've had over 500 people sign up for this course, many of them have had great results. If you want to learn more about the course head over to edmfoundations.com welcome back everyone to the edm podcast today i'm with david lawson also known as world uh, that is spelled without the letters there are o and all in capitals david how's it going yeah i'm fine awesome man well i want to start i mean you finished school not too long ago so what's it been like since then um it's not been very different honestly because i'm i'm still waiting to hear if i pass my exams but i'm (laughs) i'm confident i did but i'm still waiting so like i'm not completely free just yet Mm. but are you spending more time producing at the moment yeah definitely it's going to be my full-time thing now so that's awesome man well i'm curious like how did you how did you get into music production and what has uh, your journey looked like so far? Because you are young. You, are you 18? Yeah, I'm 18. 18, wow. Yeah, it's a bit uh, It's a bit of a weird story. One day when I was 11, I was watching random YouTube videos, you know, and I saw a video of a guy who made uh, a song out of those Windows XP sounds. Ah, uh, like yes, yeah. Stuff. And I was like, oh, this is pretty crazy. I've never seen anything like this before. I want to give this a shot, you know? I want to make something like this. So I wasn't really, like, intending to do music. I just wanted to be creative. And Mm. back at the time, I was doing a lot of pixel art stuff. And I I was just, like, interested in creating, generally. So, Mm. yeah, that's what got me started. And so from that point till now, like, what's what's happened? When when did you start taking it? Uh, seriously in other words was there a point where um, you kind of realized that this was like you could build a career out of this or make it like your thing 
it was pretty early, honestly, because I found myself spending a lot of time on music, like pretty quick after I even discovered what producing music was. Mm. And I think after that, I've always wanted to like do it full time. It's never really been like a side thing for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I mean, you're 18 now, so... When exactly, like, do you know what year it was that you got started with music? Yeah, it was when I was 11, I discovered it. And I think when I was like 13, I really started to take it seriously, you know, spent a lot of time on it. So, right. So in that, like that seven, five, seven year time period, what has been the, I suppose, the biggest challenge um, you've been through, if, if any? I don't think there's really been a challenge. It's like, it's just fun creating music and like everything, you know, there hasn't been <laughs> really been a challenge. It just went really well. And yeah. Oh, it's awesome. Maybe the challenge is still, you know, on its way, but I mm. haven't, uh, I haven't experienced anything that was a challenge. You're one of the lucky ones then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, your sound is quite hmm it's diverse but there's there's like this theme that runs through almost all of your music uh so i'm curious who if there are any artists who inspire your composition style who are they uh there's the synth pop artist al city who's been my inspiration from like the start when i do you know his hit song fireflies yes yes definitely yeah when i heard that song uh, that was crazy. It was the first time I really loved an artist and I checked out all his albums and I couldn't stop listening, you know? Mm. And he is really the biggest influence to me uh, in music. He still is and he has been from the start, so. Right, right, for sure. Um, so I want to dive into uh, a bit more of the technical side of things. Yeah. Let's say you sit down to uh, start a new track. Is there some sort of workflow you use? Like, first of all, how do you come up with ideas? Most of my ideas come from uh, other songs. Like, I listen to a song and then I hear something and I, then I think, hmm, this is nice. I want to put it in my own song, you know? Mm. So I write something that sounds like it and then I build off, off the, like, off the, of the thing that I just got from another song I heard. Right. So you've got that idea. Um, how do you take that idea to like a full song? Do you just go straight into arrangement? Do you build a loop uh, for a while? I mean, how does that, how does that mm. work or does it change every time? No, most of the time I start building uh, a drop or a chorus. Mm-hmm. And then when that's done, I basically start with the intro because in my opinion, the intro is one of the most important things in the song because that's what has to make you uh, listen further, you know. If the intro yeah. isn't interesting, you're not going to listen to the song. That's a good point. But I've heard, um, and maybe this is more like the the people making extended mixes, but I've heard a lot of producers talk about how they won't work on the intro till last but I suppose in your case where, I mean, your songs get started really quickly, that's important. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Like, I don't do DJ mix stuff, you know. I don't mm. do DJ intros. I just make songs, you know, that 
they're not necessarily meant to be mixed in like a mixer meant to be listened to as a song yeah no for sure um i know a lot of producers though struggle with making intros like that like make first of all making a, a song instead of a something that can be mixed but making an intro that entices and excites the listener do you have any tips for for building intros um for those people who do struggle with them Mm, I think it's, you know, it's, you have to show off, off what the song is going to be about in, in like the little intro that you're building. So most of my intros are always a catchy bit of the melody that's going to get, you know, an important role in the song later. So if there's a melody in the drop, I'll use that melody to do an intro as well with maybe different sound maybe. But I'm trying to show off what the song is going to be about later on. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's it. That makes sense. Um, and so, let's say you have a range of full track. Do you mix as you go or do a final mix at the end or both? Uh, I always mix as I go. Like most of the yeah. time in the end, I don't have to mix my song anymore because it's already done while producing the track. The mix is probably done before the arrangement is even done in my case. Yeah? Yeah. What what tips would you have for mixing? Because that's probably one of the biggest, like the people who listen to this podcast, that's one of the biggest yeah. struggles I have. Is yeah, mixing. It's, it, mixing is tough to explain as well, but mm-hmm. most of the stuff I know about mixing is because I've listened to so much music that I love that I know how that music is mixed and I... You know, the way I like the music I hear to be mixed is the way I mix it myself. So, mm. you know, if you enjoy a song and you like the mix, you need to like do some research. Like, why why do I like this mix? Why is it so good? Most of the time, I check out the stereo imaging and stuff. That's how I mix. You know. So, do you do a lot of um, like do you analyze a lot of other music? Yeah, definitely. That's how I got most of my my producing knowledge mm. because of analyzing. So you drag them into. Oh, actually, I forgot to ask. Um, what DAW do you use? Oh, I use Ableton Nine. Nice, nice. So do you drag them into Ableton and just like basically dissect yeah. them, have a look at them? Yep, and I like I do filters, I do EQs, you know, to hear mm, specific mm. frequencies. All this kind of stuff is just really interesting to me, and I learn a lot from that. I wish more people would do that. I think it's <laughs> a, I think it's the best way to learn because if yeah, you think about right. it, like if you're if you're an author or a writer, the way you learn is by reading other books. If you're a producer, <laughs> the way you learn is by you know listening to other music and studying it. So I think that's yeah. super important. Um, okay. Do you have any? First of all, do you encounter a uh, creative block or writer's block? Yeah, yeah, a lot, actually. And do you have any, like, how do you overcome that when you fall into that creative rut? I don't really, I like, I just listen to more mu- more music until I hear something that I like. But, you know, sometimes there's, you have these moments that you just don't have any new songs coming out that you like. You can't find anything good. Th- those are the moments that I can't write music because I'm not inspired by other music. 
So then I just, you know, keep searching, keep discovering, and that way I get new ideas. Makes a lot of sense. And I think that's, um, I mean, that's helped me a lot with, you know, if, if I'm in the same place, I normally just go to Spotify, like on the Discover tab, and um, eventually come across a song that just sparks off a new idea or yeah. you know, forces me to run into the studio and, and start making music. I think that's mm-hmm. super important. Yeah, that's the way it goes for me as well. Awesome. So, you know, you're 18 now, which is super young. Uh, you're <laughs> extremely talented. What, like, where do you see yourself in five years? I know that's a hard question to answer, but if you could try. I think I see myself doing the same thing, just creating music. Hopefully, I'll be playing a few more shows and, like, touring. Mm-hmm. But, like, the place I'm in now, just producing music is probably the most comfortable thing I've I've ever been doing, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to change. This is, I haven't asked many artists this, but like you're, you know, you're finished school now and you've, you're kind of doing this thing full time. Yeah. I imagine. What does your schedule look like? Because there are quite a few full time producers uh, that listen to this podcast and I know some of them struggle to, um, like, first of all, they find it hard to make music all day, like 12 to 16 hours. How do you manage that? Do you just make music when you feel like it? Do you have a set schedule? I mean, what does that look like for you? I, I just do it when I feel like it, you know. You you can't always be inspired, but when I am, I can, you know, grind and just do a track in eight hours if I want to. Right, so for sure. It's really different every time, but I don't think you should try to force creativity just because you're doing it full-time, you know. You, you're you probably not going to get good results if you do that. Right, gotcha. Okay. Um what what three pieces of advice would you give to upcoming producers if you if you really want to do it then do it full time you know you're not going to get good if you don't spend all your time on it is what i found you really need to be dedicated to the music if you want to make it because you're not going to get good at it if you don't practice every day for a few hours you know mm-hmm. so um in that case, though, for someone who's got like a job or as a student, how, what advice would you give to them? You know, like they can't quite do it full time. What would you suggest? Uh, I'll, I'll do it in all the free time you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds weird because you don't have like, you can't do anything else because you're doing so much music, but, but that's the way... You know, it happened for me. I didn't do anything else. I went to school. I got home. I started doing music. I went to bed. I went to school. And when I got back, I started doing music again, you know? Mm -hmm. It's really the only thing I wanted to do, so. Right. No, gotcha. Makes a lot of sense. Are there any resources that have helped play a significant role in your journey as an artist? Maybe it's a YouTube video or um, or a book or something like that. Yeah, there's this one guy on YouTube called Boy in a Band. Oh, and yes. He, yeah. Yeah, he does recent seven-day songs. Have you seen those? No, I haven't. Like, where he, he would do a, a song in seven days and he would upload a tutorial every day. And at the end of the seven days, the song would be finished. And I would just do like do follow his tutorials 
for like a full day and then I at the end of the day I'd have I'd have a song finished and I had learned a lot because he was just explaining everything mm. from like basses, leads, mastering, mixing, arranging. You know, that's really helped me because that's the way I learned how to use my first synths and stuff. Mm, I'll have to check and that out. There are uh, Reason tutorials though. I started out in Reason, but after like two years of using Reason, I uh, I started using Ableton instead because of the more possibilities. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, do you... Because your sound design is, is quite unique. Do you design your own sounds from scratch or do you tweak presets? Yeah, I design everything from scratch. I don't think I've ever used a preset, honestly. Wow. Yeah. But, you know, my knowledge of sound design comes from, uh, well, the tutorials, obviously, and also trying to emulate my, my favorite sounds I heard in different songs. So... Mm-hmm. Let's say I heard an All City song with a lead I liked, and I then I'd spend like uh, like two hours just recreating the lead, and then I'd know how he did it. And you know, with that knowledge, I was able to create my own favorite sounds. Right, right, for sure. Um, okay, let's say let, let's say you're stuck on a uh, desert island. You have yeah. unlimited food, drink, and a laptop uh, with Ableton and a decent pair of headphones, but you're only allowed three plugins, one synth and two effect plugins. What are those plugins? Oh, and you have all the Ableton default plugins, but only oh, uh, three. Yeah, that's a lot easier because <laughs> 90% of my stuff is stock Ableton things. But oh, for, for the synth, I, I definitely bring uh, Silence 1 because that's a lot like 95% of my sounds come from silence mm-hmm. um, effects effect tricks probably b- just because of the distortion thing the bit crusher thing I use it on everything <laughs> and ozone to master myself yep yep that makes sense um, so you said like 90% of your stuff is, is Ableton plugins are there any because Ableton has a bunch of audio effects and some of them are a bit more um, or a bit less popular than others. Are there any Ableton effects that you use um, that that you think are uncommon or some uncommon techniques? Uh, I use the bit crusher a lot to make my leads a bit more uh, like a bit more crunchy. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, I, I don't think a lot of people use bit crushers on almost everything but i do yeah so if you're using a bit crusher because um like if i use a bit crusher i'll normally do it on i'll normally put a multi-band split and then like bit crush just the highs do you do that or do you just put it straight on the like on Uh, on all the frequencies i put it straight on and then i eq to get out the nasty frequencies you know because Mm -hmm. With bit crushers, you're gonna have really weird low end and really weird high end. So most of the time, I do a low pass and a high pass on frequencies you can't even hear to just take them out. You know. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. Yeah, it might mess it might mess up your mix. So. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so what's happening next in for for world? Do you have any releases coming up? Uh, anything exciting down the track? Mm, 
I'm working on a lot of new stuff that doesn't sound like my like my earlier stuff. I'm working on some German bass, which I've never done before. Super hard to produce. It's hard to produce. Why do you think that is? Because I I I, be- I believe the same thing, and a lot of yeah. others do. It's because of the drums. The drums are so differently mixed from like anything else, mm. which makes it super tough to produce. And it's fast. Yeah, that yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, drum and bass is that's awesome. I look forward to hearing that. What brought that on though? Like what inspired you to make a, a drum and bass track? Oh, I've I've loved uh drum and bass for a long time and I used to do it uh a lot before I did the world thing. Mm. But when I did the world, uh you know, I decided that I shouldn't do too much different things. You know, at the time I wasn't very popular and I started mm. to get more popular because of the genres I did, future bass and new disco. Mm. So I was, I was a bit afraid to branch out, you know, I wasn't, I didn't know what, what the label would think, what the fans would think, but mm. now I'm a bit more comfortable with experimenting because I've done so much music that already sounds pretty much the same, you know? For sure. So this is interesting because a lot of people... Like I was talking to someone the other day and he was kind of like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to make too many genres because I feel like people won't like them. He was a neuroproducer and in, in my opinion, like you learn more when you make a bunch of different stuff. Yeah. Um, so becoming more comfortable with, you know, putting up music that's more diverse. Is that something that just came with time for you or was, was it something you had to think about? Because um, it does affect, you know, marketing as well, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think it's both because, you know, at the time, the stuff I was doing was doing very well. So I kind of wanted to repeat myself so that people would still like it. Mm. But as time progressed, I realized that maybe it wasn't for the genres I was doing. Maybe it's because of my signature sound. Mm-hmm. So if I apply my signature sound to a different genre, people will still like it because it's me instead of because it's this or that genre, you know? Of course. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose that's something, um, like a signature sound is something that probably comes with time. Yeah, definitely. This is a super tough question. You don't need to answer it. But if you could describe your signature sound, how would you describe it? Um, a lot of soft synthy leads, you know, and a lot of vibrato, a lot of pitch bed stuff. Yeah. A lot, yeah. A lot of sweet sounding melodies. Yeah. That, that sounds good to me. Cool, <laughs> man. Well, uh, thanks heaps for coming on, but before you go, do you have any last words of advice for the listeners? Uh, uh you know, keep listening, keep making music. It's the only way to get good at it. So, simple i like it cool man and finally where can people find you online uh google wrld <laughs> world <laughs> that's I'm probably no, gonna show up on top so yeah everybody gives that answer it's easy instead of saying facebook.com slash you know all that kind of stuff awesome man thanks heaps no problem thanks for having me